0: This podcast is sponsored by the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Find out more at the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Don't neglect Berkhoff when you're preparing your lessons. Um, He's
2: going to give you good material, but also good questions to stimulate uh,
1: discussion with the youth. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. I am Jonathan Master, joined as always by my friend, co-host, uh, James Dolezal. James, how are you today? Jonathan, I'm doing well. Looking forward to our one-on-one discussion. I am too. This is one we've talked about uh, on and off for actually a number of years. This is kind of a conversation that we've had for a while, and I want to set it up a little bit for our listeners just so they know where we're coming from and and why we think this is worth doing. Uh, You and I both uh, worked together for a number of years, uh, those glorious, blessed times when our offices were right down the hall from one another, Those were good times. They were. And and one of the things that we were charged with doing was looking at um, the theology curriculum for undergraduate students and particularly for a first year introductory theology course, which uh, for many students would be their introduction, their first taste, really, of theology. And so we struggled with what one volume introductory level theology is, is the best, and we, we talked about it for a long time and we kind of landed, uh, uh, at, I think unexpectedly in a sense, with a, uh, with a book that has been around for a long, long time. And, and I think in, in, a, in a sense was in danger of our overlooking it. But nonetheless, the more we used it, the more we used it in instruction and as an introduction for these students, the more we came to really just appreciate it. And so we'd often say to each other, man, isn't this book great? And I bet there are a lot of listeners out there who are saying, what's the one little volume introductory systematic theology that I should get? And we are here on this podcast to answer that question for you. So James, what book are we talking about here?
2: It was published in 1933 Um, and so it it is old, uh, but since it's dealing with theology and theologians get old, but theology doesn't and truth doesn't, uh, the, the book is Lewis Burkhoff's Manual of Christian Doctrine. And our regular listeners could have predicted this because of how often we refer to it just as an aside in our episodes, um, when, you're consult, you know, when I need to consult something quickly, uh, we're going to do an episode. We have a topic. I don't have a lot of time to prepare, but I need to really refresh myself on a particular area. Um, invariably, and I, I mean that, invariably, I pick up Louis Burkhoff's Manual of Christian Doctrine. But I, I wanted to dial back a little bit to the context, Jonathan, of our wrestling through this, not naming names, uh, but... We were faced with a whole host of modern introductions to theology for undergraduates, um, and there are several out there, um, and several out there that do a good job. But we needed something, because you usually get one semester of a course like that, and then you go on to take more specific type theology courses, we needed something to do a great job. Um, and in particular, one thing that if you remember this, we talked about this, when students would get to their third and fourth year, they had had a lot of a lot of Bible courses which were invaluable. and we could do a whole episode on the importance of just Bible content knowledge as foundational to doing Christian theology. But there is also a, a language and a grammar that is peculiar to Christian theology that is a is a kind of shorthand that lets you become conversant with an entire tradition. And what we were noticing is that a lot of the more recent intros to theology had really um, scoured out that older language and conceptuality, um, and replaced it with something more akin to biblical studies type language, um, which is which has its place and is valuable. But what I was noticing in third and fourth year students is that they weren't conversant with sort of the, the traditional theological Christian grammar, um, so that it, it did make certain things I was attempting to do for upper upper division students um, sort of inaccessible to them. So that, wasn't that part of our concern?
1: Absolutely. And I want to expand this and say, well, we're talking in terms of a, a curriculum and teaching undergrads and all this stuff, because that's that's where this conversation began. I think what we would want to say to everybody is the point is all Christians should be conversant with the the basic truths of Christian theology. And so, you know, formal study is one thing. We found this incredibly useful in that and in ways that surprised us. But everyone needs this kind of grammar. They need to understand the the, the terminology, the language, the basic contours of the faith that we profess, and so and so, uh, yes, absolutely. What we wanted was to to kind of bring people into that world and give them the basic building blocks needed to then, of course, go deeper in certain areas.
2: And in addition to the the sort of. Um takeover of theology by biblical studies. And I I know that that might seem like a strange conflict, and it it needn't be a conflict. They should be able to work in concert. But there is a um, sort of conceptual habit of mind that is unique to systematic theology that's somewhat different from biblical theology. And the terminology and the conceptualities um, aren't just um, easily transferable from one to the other they are different way they are distinct ways of thinking through biblical truths um, and so there there was that concern the other concern we had about some of the modern um, intros was just that they even even some of the more um, I'll just say reformed ish uh, types they sat a little loose or maybe less than that, a little unclearly by doctrines like, you know, some of my hobby horses, doctrines like divine simplicity or immutability. Um, they would kind, of, kind of softened, uh, in my judgment, some of those doctrines that students needed to get a hold of to the point of obscurity and unhelpfulness, if not just errant. Um, and so I was trying to, so we were wrestling with what one text could we give them? That's a good introduction that is actually accessible, that won't steamroll them, that seems manageable in terms of its divisions and and even its language, even while introducing new language. And it was, I just remember sitting in your office some years ago and we floated Berkhoff by, uh, and, you know, 1933, it just sounds like he's already had his day. He's had his turn. It's time for the newer authors to have their turn. And, um, The more we talked about it, the the more we both agreed that that it it really achieved what we wanted to do for Christian undergraduate students. If you have a if you have a high school education or are in high school or in college, this is a book that you should be able to read. Um, And I think that and and it satisfied. I mean, especially me, I'm so picky about you know theological particulars, and there wasn't a theological particular where I was just Utterly dismayed in
1: any way by Burkhoff, he was just very faithful throughout. Well, we did we did arrive at that conclusion, but I remember also uh, saying this might not work. I mean, it might be that while we think it's really good and 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 it, and it and you're really picky, but it, you still like it and and all of that. You <laughs> know, while all that's the case, it, it may also be that it just it just makes things. Just obscure and inaccessible, and adds another barrier um, in in teaching these students. and 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 here was here was the exciting part. We found just the opposite. We found that in comparing it right. to the supposedly more user-friendly, updated uh, kinds of theology textbooks that are on offer, maybe ones that many of our listeners have have grabbed a hold of to try to learn more about theology, we found that compared to those, this was far more accessible, appreciated, understood by our students and 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 again, I want to say this isn't just for students who are interested in studying theology. This is very broad based and just think someone with a high school education. And what we found was, you know, this made it more accessible, and then also had the benefit that you mentioned earlier, which was it gave, a, a, a much more robust and and classic grammar to to the students for understanding and and for making sense of their future study. But the accessibility and the excitement of the students was really, I have to say, surprising to me. and 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 i can't I can't emphasize that enough, which is a testimony
2: to Burkhoff's pedagogy. Um he really did succeed in targeting that younger Christian audience. And so when I say younger, I can mean young in age, but we could also mean young in theological development. He targeted them and it was a success. And the thing about good pedagogy is um, good teaching method. I know there's a trend in higher ed. We both have spent many years of our life in higher ed, and there's a trend in higher ed that kind of has this notion that the way humans learn is somehow evolving and changing and like every 18 months we're being told that people are learning in whole new ways that are utterly unprecedented and the reality is there are certain there are certain basics to the human constitution and the human mind and the human way of learning. And while there certainly is room for adaptation and, and innovation, um, there are certain constants of pedagogy that just work because we're still humans. And I think Burkhoff, whatever that is, he dialed into that in his communication. I would also say, as a teacher, I did see the benefit of this. Within a couple of years' time, my upper division students had all come through that Burkhoff text as their first year textbook. And it was exciting to me to see Burkhoff showing up in the bibliographies of term papers and things like this, and my juniors and seniors, um, realizing that they had really internalized that and be, had become conversant and familiar with that. And I think it was a good, I think it was a good sort of supplement to their biblical to their biblical studies, which were highly valuable and important, but it gave them it gave them that traditional grammar and let them be convert, let them enter into a conversation conceptually that they might not have been able to otherwise.
1: Yeah, and James, I know you want to read an excerpt, which is which is great, and I want to get to that in a second. But I, I want to underscore this point. I get the question pretty often. Uh, you know, I'm I'm new to the Christian faith what can i what volume can i use to kind of begin to to be conversant with theology or i'm i'm just starting to get serious about studying theology where do i start or i've got students in high school and uh, i want them to really understand and and there are all kinds of you know catechism texts that we can point to and confessions of faith and we've done that and we need to keep doing that so this isn't to take away from that but but when you're talking about a book a theology book, a theology textbook, this is where I would point our listeners to begin. And so that's what we're driving at here. So let me read Burkhoff's own preface. It's not very
2: long. um, And many of our longtime listeners will be familiar with Lewis Burkhoff's Systematic Theology, really a a modern classic, recently reprinted by the Banner of Truth with his Doctrine of Scripture, um, his sort of prolegomena uh, uh, put on the front end of it, prefixed to it. um, And that's a great volume and a stand-up volume and a very scholarly volume. But it also it also demands you immediately come into conversation with modern theology. Modern meaning nineteenth, early twentieth century theology, um, reformational, medieval, and ancient. And it there's a sense in which we need to begin somewhere uh, more fundamental than that, which is really. Um, Do the scriptures require I believe certain things about God? How should I express or or about creatures in relation to God? How should I express those realities? Whether we're talking about God, whether we're talking about creation, doctrine of man, Christ, redemption, um, church, last things. How should I talk about these things? Um, And does the scripture require I speak a certain way about them as opposed to another? And then from there, you get more conversant at that second level with ancient and modern theologies. Um, and so what Burkhoff does is he kind of strips out that conversation with the secondary literature and he kind of gets you to the the nitty-gritty of biblical text and good theological reflection and terminology based on it. So here's what he says in his intro. Yeah.
1: And, and can I can I just before you read, let me just insert this point. Many of our listeners may have Burkhoff's systematic theology we love that book what we're saying is the manual of christian doctrine is is also worth having on your shelf because it it kind of pairs down to the essence of it and 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 gets at the the real superstructure of the whole thing all right james i'm not going to interrupt you all right
2: burkhoff says after the publication of my systematic theology the publisher requested me to prepare for publication a more compendious work on Christian doctrine, which might be fit for high school and college classes and might also be used profitably by older catechumens. Mindful of the great importance of the proper indoctrination of, young, of the young people of the church, I did not have the courage to refuse, but undertook to prepare a brief manual." The work seemed particularly important to me in view of the widespread doctrinal indifference of the present day. It's interesting he's writing this in 1933. We could say that today. He goes on, of the resulting superficiality and the confusion in the minds of many professing Christians of the insidious errors that are uh, zealously propagated even from the pulpits and of the alarming increase of all kinds of sects that are springing up like mushrooms on every side. If there ever was a time when the church ought to guard her precious heritage, the deposit of the truth that was entrusted to her care, that time is now. I've tried to give a rather comprehensive and yet concise statement. By the way, just a brief interjection here. He succeeds on both of those. That's really does. Comprehensive and yet concise statement of our reformed conception of the truth and sincerely hope that its clarity may not have suffered through its brevity. At the, his, I think his hope is realized. Absolutely. At the end of every chapter, I have given a list of questions that will help the student to test his knowledge of what it contains. In my references for further study, I have been rather sparing since I did not desire to overload the student in any way. Moreover, I have limited myself almost exclusively to reformed authors. I hope it will not seem presumptuous that I have invariably referred First of all to my own work on systematic theology since this manual is based on the larger work throughout and can best be understood in the light of its more detailed discussion of Christian doctrine may the king of the church make this manual a blessed influence in the instruction of our covenant youth that's his that's his introduction and you could just see that he he took this, he, he had some reservations, uh, but he felt like he couldn't resist. And um, I'm grateful he did, because I cut my teeth on Burkhoff on his summary of Christian doctrine, if you know the smaller volume, uh, and then, moved, and then yeah. moved to his systematic theology. And it just seemed like there was something in between those two that needed to happen in my mind. And so I discovered in the third place this this other volume. And this is that, um, so this is that middle volume. And I guess in terms of who to commend it to, we've, we mention it as educators, but I would simply say, if you are um, a mother or a father seeking to teach your children in the faith and give them a a more substantive grounding in theological understanding, um, you could hardly do better um, than Burkhoff's. If you're a youth group leader uh, and you have the responsibility to train the youth in your church, um, teach them doctrine, teach them theology, teach them scripture, teach them the narrative of scripture, certainly give them biblical theology, but also give them systematic theology. And um, don't neglect Burkhoff when you're preparing your lessons. Um, he's going to give you good material, but also good questions to stimulate uh, discussion with the youth. And if you're a college professor, you know yeah, we've used it that way
1: yeah no <laughs> right right as we learned and and, and no and, and and we could we could continue to enumerate the people for whom this is this is the ideal book you're you're in college and you're starting to take your faith seriously this is a book to kind of give you some a framework give you some grounding you're, you're homeschooling uh, this is a perfect uh, resource for for that kind of training exercise so there are a whole range of options i'll also mention this james I want to tell our listeners, I think you, there is not another podcast where you're going to get someone to read the introduction to Burkhoff's manual of Christian Doctrine. So that's that, no, and that I don't apologize for it. <laughs> pure pure gold. Pure gold. Um, no, but in in, in all in all seriousness, we would commend it uh, to you. And I think it's one of these things where you'll look back. So, you know, some books you read early on and they're really helpful, and the Lord uses them in your life, but you go back and, and read them later and you think, huh you know, I wouldn't quite state things this way, or you see the blind spots. And 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 God in His kindness deals with all of us in in the way that is best for us at the time. But one of the striking features of this book, I think, is that while you could read it at a very early stage, you're going to come back and look back on it and not say, well, you know, the Lord used it, but it's it's not that great. It doesn't really stand up to closer scrutiny. You're going to say, "Wow!" Every time I read this, I, I realize that's it's put in in just the right way. It's really faithful. There's to the there's Bible. a
2: reason that nearly a hundred years later, the book is still in print and still being used. I mean, we required it of all of our undergraduates when we were at the university, um, and I'm sure other schools have done the same. But um, for those who may have forgot who, who once knew the volume and have forgotten about it. Um, Maybe this is a way of reminding um, for those who have never really um, taken a look at the volume, take the opportunity to do it, even just even just work through it in in personal devotions bit by bit. It's really broken down into very um, approachable and digestible sections.
1: Well. I think we've we've said enough, we've given enough of a, a commercial for this, and, um, I, uh, and James, we know that how we feel about it, we could talk about it for longer, we probably will um, off the air, but we want to commend it to our listeners. If you'd like the opportunity to win a copy, we do have a free copy to give away to someone. You can go to placefortruth.org, click on the Theology on the Go link, there'll be a drop-down menu option for you to enter your information there. Also, if you're able to donate to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, you can do that at placefortruth.org or at alliancenet.org. We'd really ask you, if there's someone that you know who would be helped by this podcast, to pass it along to them. We love hearing from you, so if you have ideas, let us know. And as always, thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.
0: The Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals is thankful for your partnership. The Alliance is a working coalition of men and women from diverse backgrounds who share a common passion for the truth of God's Word, upholding biblical doctrine, sharing the gospel, and equipping Christians with trustworthy Bible teaching through broadcasts, publishing, and events. The message we proclaim is one of ultimate hope which originates not in man, but in what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And it's your generous gifts that enable this good work. As we approach the year's end, we need your help to raise the funds necessary to finish the year strong and reach even more people in the year ahead. So please join us and help underwrite this encouraging Bible teaching ministry. Visit Alliancenet.org slash donate to make a donation online. That's Alliancenet.org slash donate or call 1-800-488-1888.